G3 Assistance through Virginia's community colleges is your pathway to a new future. Get a skill. Get a job. Get ahead. Learn more at vccs.edu forward slash G3. Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. I am running on empty this week. (laughs) I don't even want to say I'm running on fumes. I am completely zapped. I literally just got off a plane, just got home from the airport in time to bring you the ATB Faithful, the most important sports entertainment podcast on the face of God's green earth. I'm going to need a little bit of extra help this week, so I'm going to ask him to step up his game. My co-host, Mr. Vic Joseph. Vic, what's the word? Nothing much. I knew you would need me at some point, which is why you kept me around the last few weeks. That's exactly what it was. For one week, but I'm still here and I'm very happy to still be here. So I want to throw something at you real quick. I know you're fresh out the plane, but I got some big NXT news that came out earlier this week. You're not wasting any time. You're getting right into it. I don't have time for this because I want to get into it. The return of NXT in your house took place last June. It's coming back for another edition. I'm super excited because I wasn't part of In Your House last year. In Your House was such a big part of growing up for me as a WWE fan, as a kid, whether it was Beware of Dog, uh, Good Friends, Better Enemies, The First In Your House, Final Four, Rock Bottom, list goes on. So I'm so excited to be part of In Your House and the host, Todd Pettengill. Very, very cool. Todd Pettengill, for those uh, long-tenured WWE fans, they will remember Todd Pettengill as a backstage interviewer, the host at times of, I believe, WWE Mania, the magazine-style shows that used to air on Saturday mornings. You know, Great mullet. The, he did have a great mullet. I hope he still has a great mullet. I, I feel like if there's one holdover, I think, I think he should just be a blast from the past. And an obnoxiously bright t- uh, button-up T-shirt. I, I want Todd Pettengill exactly as I remember him. And I'm not talking about the guy who's like a, a megastar in the radio world in New York mm-hmm. City. You know, he went on to big things in the radio world. Um, so Todd Pettengill, that's going to be very cool to have him as part of In Your House. I dig In Your House. I thought it was a lot of fun last year when NXT did it and put it together. To your point, it's a kind of a blast from the past. A little bit of nostalgia, but with the future, it's kind of a cool blend. Definitely makes for a fun night. Very, very exciting to have in your house to look forward to. You know, when people start looking at in your house for the newer WWE audience that might be listening to ATB right now, you can go on Peacock to watch some of the old in your houses of the past. But speaking of Peacock, big announcement earlier this week as well, Graves, that I want to get your thoughts on. John Cena and WWE Evil. I saw the blurb as I was landing today, as a matter of fact. As I touched down, I opened Twitter and was scrolling through while I was waiting for the rest of the plane to... uh, D-plane, which is a process in and of itself that I am very, very sick of now that uh, people are starting to travel again. Uh, <laughs> but I saw that blurb, and and you need not see much more than John Cena, WWE, Peacock, all working together. Some of the original content we've been putting out recently, obviously, always on WWE Network on Peacock, the Chronicles, 24s. So anything new and fresh and different behind the scenes is always refreshing to me. I know there are a lot of things, not to give any secrets away, being worked on right now that I'm personally intrigued about. And you you attach John Cena, who at this status in his career has transcended the WWE world. He's 
a bona fide celebrity and for Cena to be willing to, to lend his time and efforts to a new WWE project is exciting. From what I gather, the focus is going to be on some of the most villainous characters in WWE history. Uh, and that's, that's, and I could be dead wrong on that, but based on the, the little news blurb that, that I read, that's exciting. Uh, as a villain at heart, I always that's look true. forward to understanding the psychology and, and why we had such disdain or love to hate some of the best bad guys ever in the business. So definitely something to look forward to uh, John Cena and Peacock working together. Yeah. It's also a cool little spin on things too, right? Cause typically we always highlight the, uh, the whether it's a chronicle of Damian priest or the new day, Big E specifically. And, and the list goes on to highlight that other side of the coin in the industry and in the WWE, I think is a very cool, uh, different alter look at things. And, and I think I'm, I'm as open and honest about, you know, uh, criticisms from time to time. And I've said sure. it here on this show and we've talked about it in the car amongst friends about how the one way that the industry has changed as a whole is I feel like there's a lot less focus on characters these days, right, wrong, or indifferent. Everybody's got their, their uh, flavor of ice cream, what they prefer. I always missed, and I always love being invested in the characters that we see on raw on SmackDown on NXT and I've said I'd like to, I would like to see more character pieces. However, it's almost more of an incentive to subscribe to WWE Network on Peacock and to really dive into these these specials, whether it be WWE 24 or Chronicle, to really get to know the person behind what you see on screen for a fraction of the the show. You see Damian Priest, but you don't necessarily understand what makes Damian Priest tick. I had him on sure. ATB, I think, prior to you joining the show. And I was fascinated to learn why he is the way he is, who he draws inspiration from, what Damian Priest is looking for out of his career in WWE. And, and there are so many awesome documentaries that our teams put together about all the superstars and, and beyond the superstars, uh, you know, the, the behind the scenes of some of the, the WrestleManias. And I honestly don't think our documentary department gets enough love because what they put out on a basic, almost a weekly basis at this point is such an important, valuable companion to what we're seeing on Raw and SmackDown. And again, everybody's got their opinion. I would like to see more character-driven content in the shows themselves, but now you just have to look a little bit further. It's it sort of expanded. Now, oh, I like this guy. Wow, there's a WWE 24 about him. I want to see, you know, what what all goes into the making and the, and the mentality of our WWE superstars. Um, so I, I, I'm always excited for, for anything new coming down the pike. Yeah. It's a nice tie in for everybody. And, and, and again, in the world in which we live in today, a little bit of that humanization in a person can draw. And that's, what's so cool about WWE. I use Baron Corbin as an example. You may not know who Baron Corbin is, but Oh, he likes the Kansas city chiefs. I kind of like this dude. Let me go see what he's about because of a WWE documentary piece that comes and out. You, he likes to you cook. are that let's, shallow that you what base you your favorites on what football team they support i mean it's kind of one of those things that gravitates me oh you like football okay i can talk to you You like soccer and eh, we're gonna have to have a conversation on the side but do you see why i started hot out of the gates today i do uh, you, you, got, you, listen, you, you piqued my interest i'm, I am running on I, caffeine and caffeine alone this is caffeine fueled brutality as we record this this morning um we are obviously going to break down 
WrestleMania backlash, which by the time this airs will be only two small days away. Going to have some raw reactions. But before we dive into all the fun stuff, do all the heavy lifting, want to remind you, hit the After the Bell mailbag. It is filling up quite nicely. And in the next few weeks, we will definitely be able to devote an episode to answering your questions. Use the hashtag AskATB, A-S-K-A-T-B, six letters, one goal, to enlighten you. I'll try to enlighten you. It depends on who you ask. If you ask me, That's you're true. probably just going to get a, a joke or a sarcastic comment that you're going to take the wrong way. Ask Graves. He's probably definitely going to give you a sarcastic comment that you took the right way because it's probably what he meant by it. It's the truth. The truth hurts. Layer, with a layer of sarcasm. That's it. It's thinly veiled. Well, speaking of thinly veiled and sarcasm, I just want to get right into Monday Night Raw now. I don't I know how that right transition there. doesn't matter how it transitions. I just went right into it. I, you, you did really well. I was very impressed with your transition from one subject to the Peacock subject to the, I don't know. the Damien Priest. You're, you're, you're getting your chops, kid. I, you're going to uh, be okay I, at this. And then you just fumbled. You fumbled at the goal line. You, Mark Sanchez, butt fumbled this show. You could have used now. a Cleveland Browns reference there, which I'm really happy that you didn't. But all I did was a Booker T philosophy. If you say it with conviction, it's going to be believable. and No one's going to listen to it. That's going to roll right true. through. That's true. People, Let me try it again. I no. think we should just keep it. I think let's talk about let's Monday just keep Night it. Raw. Let's just go to Monday Night Raw. <laughs> it was no the transition to get to Raw anyway, so let's just go to Monday Night Raw. The, the final Monday Night Raw stop prior to WrestleMania backlash. Uh, lots more steps in the in the evolution of the the matches. We've got two massive championship matches at WrestleMania backlash from the red side of things. Of course, I want to start with the Raw Women's Championship match: Rhea Ripley defending against Asuka and Charlotte. Flair. Vic, off the top of your head, what are you looking to see out of this one? Well, look, we had Rhea on the show, and uh, Rhea Ripley and I go back to NXT, so I'm just happy to see her in this sort of position and the way that she answered the bell at WrestleMania against Asuka. But since WrestleMania, I don't really know if she's lost uh, footing for herself or whatnot. It seems like she's th- this, this matchup is made, and I think you have to get Charlotte Flair into this match because Charlotte has a, a gripe. She was left off WrestleMania. So why wouldn't Charlotte Flair be in the women's championship picture? And I think for Rhea, Rhea has to remember at the same time, last year at WrestleMania, she went one-on-one with Charlotte Flair. So she should want to have Charlotte Flair in this matchup. She should want to have Asuka in this matchup. It's a big opportunity for Rhea Ripley to, again, in my opinion, rise to the occasion, cement herself as the new face of the women's division on Raw, replacing Asuka and replacing Charlotte Flair, which is no easy task. Listen, you know, as well as anybody, I am a big fan of Rhea Ripley and what she's capable of, what she's done in her tenure, mainly under the NXT flag. I'm wondering, after what I've seen from Rhea for the past several weeks, is this a case of last year around this time, which you just mentioned, Charlotte Flair, WrestleMania season, was Rhea playing with house money? Did that benefit her where she more or less had nothing to lose? Yes, she had the, the, the NXT championship in the picture. But as far as that confidence, that comfort level with being the big fish in the smaller pond of NXT, Rhea was established. That was her women's division. She was the face of it. Now she's brushing shoulders with the queen. Last year, different scenario. Now Rhea is a bona fide Raw superstar. She is the Raw women's champion in a short period of time re-enter the queen and everybody and their mother has an opinion on Charlotte Flair. Oh, there's too much Charlotte Flair. She's overexposed. We've seen Charlotte too many times. Charlotte Flair is always in the main event picture. 
And what I have loved more than just about anything on Mondays over the past several weeks is listening to Charlotte Flair come out and remind everybody because it is dripping with truth. Charlotte Flair is the opportunity. I understand it's going to get hammered and said to death, we're going to hammer it home to, to the point where it offends people. People are going, no, no, Charlotte Flair, you're not that. We want to see you lose. We want to see the queen knocked off the throne. But that's the key. It hurts so bad because it's the truth. And you and I both know we have, we have you know, friends and, and relationships with people that have shared the locker room with, with Charlotte Flair. And, and this, isn't, this isn't anything new. I'm not stirring up any controversy. Charlotte exists in a world unto herself. She may not be the most well-loved in the locker room, but that's not Charlotte Flair's job. That's not anyone's job in this business. It reminds me when you hear the stories nowadays of what a freaking nightmare Shawn Michaels used to be. When he was WWE champion, when Sean was the top guy, everyone and their mother has gone on record saying, I couldn't stand being around him. I wanted to punch Shawn Michaels in the face constantly. But what do we as fans remember? We remember what Shawn Michaels did from bell to bell in the ring, the magic he created because you wanted to shell out money to see. Whether you wanted to see Shawn do what Shawn did or you wanted to see somebody kick Shawn Michaels' ass, you wanted to throw your money down to see it because you it elicited an emotion. It had nothing to do with the backstage stuff. You learned that all in hindsight, in the aftermath. Right. What matters is who delivers when they deliver. And Charlotte Flair has delivered night in and night out since she showed up in WWE. And I, I defy anybody to argue with it. Yeah, does, is everything a five-star classic? No, but the fact is it's about star power. Charlotte Flair is the queen for a reason. Now, we know how I feel about Charlotte Flair. This is an opportunity. Maybe everybody watching, maybe I'm the only guy watching these shows going, man, I, I think I want to see Charlotte with a Raw Women's title again because it just feels right to me. Maybe that's the old school fan in me. Maybe my Twitter is going to blow up with people telling me that I'm wrong. That's okay. I'll eat this one. Charlotte Flair being in any match of a caliber of a Raw Women's title match at WrestleMania Backlash elevates all involved. Asuka, Rhea Ripley, the entire division, no matter who walks out of there, now you've got three top tier women representing that division. Now come at me, bro. Who wants to step up? <laughs> who wants to step up? And whether it be Oscar, whether it be Rhea, now you've got a, a definitive best of the best champion on Monday Night Raw. I happen to think it's still Charlotte Flair. And I think I am enjoying this so very much because when she comes out and says, I don't care what the people in the locker room think about me. I don't care what the fans think about me. She is spitting absolute truth. And I freaking love it. Well, I, I, I love when we see Charlotte and what she speaks, as you mentioned, the truth, because as we've documented here, I love that gray area in professional wrestling. When there is a little bit of truth, just a hint of truth makes everything so much better, but it's hard to argue with your point about Charlotte Flair. That's why I think this is so important and a such a big match for Rhea Ripley. It's prove yourself. You mentioned playing with house money. It's different when you're hunting. It's different when you're the hunted. And for Correct. Rhea Ripley, can she step up to the plate? I hope she can, because what I will agree with to some aspect of those that you call on social media I would love for there to be a new bona fide face, put a stamp on the women's division in Raw, let it be Rhea Ripley. Talk about elevating talent, elevate Rhea Ripley, give her the ball, let her run with it. I'm not saying don't put Charlotte Flair in a one-on-one -on -one match, don't put other, but let Rhea Ripley now take the ball and run, see where she can go. But to do that, 
you have to have Charlotte Flair part of that Thank mathematical you. equation. I was sitting here waiting because you're absolutely right. This could be what solidifies Rhea as the, the top woman on Monday Night Raw. This could thrust Asuka back into the, the forefront of things. However, you need that defined, definitive champion who is Charlotte Flair this coming weekend. And whoever walks out will be the Raw Women's Champion definitively. And I dig that. Well, elsewhere on WrestleMania Backlash's lineup is the WWE Championship Triple Threat Match. Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman. As Booker would say, there's a lot of beef in that ring. <laughs> it's going to be good, is also what Booker would say. But you know what? I, I think of this matchup, and it's something we've talked about too. When we think of WWE champions as a kid growing up, you have Hulk Hogan, you have Alton Warrior, the list goes on. Sure. This is the first time, I'm trying to think in quite a few years, the last time I remember, remember this being this magnitude of a triple threat match, it was Brock Lesnar, Kane, Braun Strowman. And I don't remember the year, and I want to say it was at a Royal Rumble. But this is the first time in quite a it while was in that— Philadelphia. It was Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar. I believe it was a triple threat because that was the infamous— uh, Braun, Braun need Brock in the face and Brock responded with, with a maybe right the hand. single hardest punch <laughs> in the history of sports entertainment. And when you see a big six foot eight monster get rocked and wobbly in the knees, that just made you appreciate what a badass Brock really is. And I know that's exactly what, what moment you're talking about. And that's what I'm hoping for in this match on Sunday in 48 hours is Bobby Lashley's a badass. Braun yeah. Strowman again is in the equation. I mean, you have Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley in this matchup. And I'm so intrigued by these three and what they've done. Maybe it was a little bumpy for me and my taste at the start on how they got there, but they got here. And now the demolition derby we saw on Monday, the, the absolute colossal beatdowns we've seen in the past, and now all three coming together at WrestleMania Backlash, something I look forward to because, to me, dating back to the match we just talked about, it's something that's different, to me at least, with these three size athletes and superstars in the ring. I, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to put it this way. I, much like you just intimated, when they made the announcement, even before it was a triple threat, okay, we're going to see Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre again, a match we've seen multiple times over the past several months, always deliver. You add Braun to the mix. And even then, I just went, I don't know. I feel like we've been here before. However, over the past several weeks, as we've approached WrestleMania Backlash, to me, watching the chemistry that all three of them have developed with one another, that's what's exciting to me. Because I have a feeling that these three are going to exceed expectations come the pay-per-view just because you've got Bobby, who is just a competitor in every sense of the word. Every time Bobby walks out the curtain, Bobby wants to, to do physically the best he possibly can. Drew... Man, Drew is, is on top of his game right now. And Braun, too. Braun is, is, hasn't been in a high-profile scenario for the past few months. The highest profile. We got used to seeing Braun regularly in main events. I think this is refreshing for all three of them. I think all three of them are motivated. And I think we are going to be pleasantly shocked come WrestleMania backlash. But I am calling it right now. Bobby Lashley leaves WrestleMania backlash, still the WWE champion, because at the end of the day, to me, to your point about having past champions that were just the guy, Bobby Lashley 
is legitimate. He has credentials and he brings credibility to the WWE championship and the entire business. Because guess what? I don't think there's a person on the roster, not named Brock Lesnar, who could stand there and survive with Bobby Lashley for more than about two minutes. Well, I'm not going to make any predictions on the matchup, but what I am looking forward to, and I guess maybe this would be a prediction for the matchup. It's not going to be a 25 minute classic. I'm expecting a car crash again. I'm expecting bodies to be flying around, coming over the table, might kick Byron in the face, go through some barricades, smash through some tables. That's what I want to see as a fan is these larger than life, badass men beat the hell out of one another. That's why I'm tuning in as a fan. Yeah, a real life kaiju battle. Kaiju, like Godzilla versus King Kong, Vic, that you for some reason have a grudge we'll against and refuse watch to watch. It. No, these nope. are three of them in real life. I'll happening. watch that. I'm not going to watch Kong beast, versus Godzilla. Three behemoths. I can't wait. I think it's going to steal the show, to be honest with you. I think it's a very, very worthy main event, despite the uh, the rumblings that people are, are you know letting out into the universe. I think this one's going to be pretty awesome. I'll let them rumble because there's going to be a battle on Sunday between those three. Also this week, though, I got to get your thoughts on something, Mr. Monday Night Raw. Damian Priest in The Miz in a Lumberjack match. Listen, I think this rivalry uh, has been a lot of fun. I think it's done wonders for Damian Priest. I think you have somebody like The Miz who is invaluable. And just a few months ago, Miz was WWE champion. Yes, it was a short-term Rain, but Miz still has the chops to be that dude when needed. Damian Priest, I think the world is starting to see there is a big star there waiting to be born. And you you brush him up against Miz and Morrison, who are I defy I defy you to find a more entertaining act uh, <laughs> on WWE right now. And Miz and Morrison genuinely make me laugh. But, uh, Riddle Riddle and and Randy Orton. I'll get to that in a little bit. How much, how much I'm I'm loving that, but. In the same breath, Miz and Morrison, but I think you put Priest in the equation. I think this could be the next step in the the giant uh, arrival of Damian Priest as a major player in WWE. The dude's got the tools. We know that. He came off of WrestleMania where the world was buzzing about Bad Bunny with good reason. Now Priest doesn't have to stand in Bad Bunny's shadow. This is Damian Priest's opportunity to solidify himself as a major force on Monday Night Raw, and I think that's what happens this Sunday. It's wild to see in the last uh, four years I've been with the WWE going from behind the barricade to in front of the barricade to really see what it means for, and I'll probably use a term I'll get yelled at here for, a younger talent like Damian Priest coming from NXT to Raw or SmackDown and how it does wonders to get paired with somebody like The Miz. And I bring that up to you because when I watched The Miz's documentary that just came out, He was, maybe to use a lack of better a term, floundering, so to speak. And it wasn't until he was paired, and he says it on the documentary, until he was paired with John Cena and was working with John Cena every single week, that he learned what it took to become a professional and learn what it took in between those ropes every single week on all different levels, not just looking good, not just athleticism, how to draw reaction. That is what Damian Priest has done with The Miz. And it's been for someone who has sat with Damian Priest since he arrived in the company, called his NXT matches to see him come to Raw. The maturation process has been unbelievable. And it goes back to the credit to The Miz and to John Morrison, to your point. That's what I wanted to say about this matchup was how being paired with The Miz has done him wonders for his career because it could have went many other ways. And I think you know what I mean by that. 
I absolutely do. And Miz deserves as much credit as he has not given. Somehow to this day, after all he has done, Miz, I would still consider one of the most underrated. And I hate that phrase because it sounds like something that people on the Internet just say to sound smart. But as far as if you look at their body of work, Miz is is upper echelon all day, every day. I mean, I mean, everything Miz has touched has turned to gold or at least Miz is so serviceable that you can count on him to do whatever needs to be done, whether that be an appearance, whether that be hosting an event or a show, whether that be a Monday Night Raw main event or a, or a high profile match for a new superstar in Damian Priest. Miz does not get nearly enough credit for what he is capable of in the ring in WWE or 10 hours of media on a Tuesday after you just worked on a Monday and a Sunday, he's always willing to do it. You're right. You're right. And that speaks to the tenure of the Miz for a guy who has never been known for being the flashiest guy in the ring. And, you know, dare I say, some people think that Miz matches aren't necessarily the most exciting on the card from time to time. That's definitely true. That's true with everybody. But I think Miz gets a lot of unjust hate from the, the audience, from the fans, without them being able to step back and realize what he means to this company and this business as a whole. So I just feel like once in a while, I'll say some nice things about some people who, uh, you know, I think it's good karma for me. Uh, elsewhere on the, on the blue side of things, Bianca Belair, Bailey, SmackDown Women's Championship. I hate to gloss over this, but I think we all know how this one goes. Yeah, I think the writing's on the wall. But one thing that I'm looking forward to for this matchup is really is Bailey because we've talked about it. I've said it. Bailey to me is the superstar that has jumped up her game the most inside the last year of really uncertainty inside the Thunderdome with no members of the WWE universe. You learn to want to hate Bailey. The fact that she was left off the WrestleMania card irks me a little bit as not only a friend, but a fan of her. So I'm really excited to see her in this matchup, but to your point, the writing's I, already there. I probably would have never drawn this comparison had you not just said what you said, but I would dare take this back to what we were just talking about, the Miz and Damian Priest. Look at this. Look at Bailey <laughs> as the Miz of the women's division. And I mean that as the highest possible compliment. To your point, Bailey carried, Bailey and Sasha Banks and their, their story and their rivalry carried through the entire PC era. And we know how dark and tough those days Ooh. were for everybody. So both of those women really pulled more than their share of the weight. Bailey, understandably disappointed, upset. She didn't have a bigger role at WrestleMania. I agree with that, but you know what Bailey didn't do? She didn't cry, feel sorry for herself. She just kept doing what she's doing because she's consistent. You know, when Bailey's in the ring, you're going to have at least a solid match on your hands. And much like it could be a coming out party for Damian Priest, Bianca Belair winning the championship at WrestleMania, obviously a moment nobody will ever forget. That's got historical implications. But to anybody who's ever been a champion in WWE, now the work begins. Does Bianca have what it takes? Can Bianca still be as compelling of a character when she's no longer chasing the championship? Well, you know what I mean? Back to what we were just talking about, too, with Rhea Ripley. You're no longer, right. you're, you're now the hunted. You're not doing the hunting anymore. Can you make that step? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see how that one works out. I think, again, I, I'm, I'm, I got to go with Bianca Belair where the smart money is, but I think uh, I think we're going to have a, if, if nothing else, I think Bailey will force Bianca to step up her game even further to hang with Bailey because when Bailey wants to go, good luck hanging with her. Yeah, it, I think this is going to be, uh, it's going to be an interesting night. I think it's going to be another great test for Bianca Belair. 
Again, I think we all know how this one ends on Sunday, but it should be very entertaining. Also entertaining, the Dirty Dogs. The SmackDown. Kind of want to do some Cleveland Browns barking there because of obviously... Well, that would have been wildly inappropriate, and I would have forced our editors to edit it out because there will be no dog pound representation on after the bell. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. (laughs) I love that. That's probably my favorite look of yours is when you give me that look like, if you were here right now, I would smack you in the face. this This is a dad look. You have a face similar to this at times. You don't realize when you're doing it, but you do it. And when your kids see it, they know it because that's exactly what's happening. I am weighing all of my options. In that moment, I'm trying to let the anger subside, not be brazen, not make any mistakes or do anything stupid, but it is me weighing the options of, I can't physically attack Vic right now. Is there something I could say that would harm him? Yeah, you just did with the Steelers thing. You're ridiculous. You, okay, you, well, that's, nonetheless. That's absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, uh, Dominic Mysterio and Ray have the opportunity to become the first ever father-son tag team champions in WWE history, which at this day and age, being the first time ever at anything is is baffling. It seems like everything's been done before. Uh, we could have a, a nice Griffey family moment on our hands. Ken Griffey Sr. and Jr. playing together. You have Dominic and Ray. The fact that they've got the team together is cool in and of itself, but to be the tag team champions, and I love Rudin Ziegler. Those guys are workhorses. They do everything that they've got to do, but let me be a fan here. I think it'd be a feel-good moment. I think it'd be very cool because personally, I don't know that there are two human beings in the locker room that I I hold in such high regard as Ray and Dominic Mysterio. They are two of the most genuine, appreciative, down-to-earth, open, honest, wonderful people. Uh, Mysterio has every right to be incredibly proud of his family, as he as he surely is. Uh, and this, to me, is just a feel-good, really, it could potentially be a really awesome moment for, for WWE and Mysterios. And I think for, we always talk about bucket list things and and I haven't seen Ray in quite some time, but when I would see Ray and talk to Ray, he'd always talk about how this is the last thing he wanted to do was team with his son and see Dominic, you know, jump into the WWE universe. So I think it is a magical thing. I think it is a fun thing. And I was sitting here, as you're saying, father-son duos, and I'm trying to really remember how many father-son WWE tag teams have we actually had? And I can't think of any off the top of my head, like not off that the top were of my not head. just I'm a sure. one-off, not like a Bob right. Orton and a Randy or not like a, Hey, we're going to see him once like weekly at a, at a special right. event at a WrestleMania bag. And I can't come to think of any. And not so that's what makes it even, head. that's what makes it even more special. Like, wow, we're in 2021 and this is the first time right. ever in a company that's been around for how many decades. So that actually makes me more intrigued for this match. Now, you just sold me on that tag team match more than I was already sold on it. So I don't know kudos if you know to that, you. Vic, but that's, that's our job. Yours oh, too. Well, you, that's you, our role here in the WWE universe. I'm just couple saying, of, you did a nice job. A couple of snake oil peddlers we are. You could sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. Ketchup popsicle. Let's talk about the main event from the blue side of things. Roman Reigns, Cesaro. This, this, this could be a, much like we're talking about Damian Priest and Miz. Much like we're talking about Bianca Belair and Bailey. Cesaro, much more established than either of the, the two newcomers in that one. But not in this realm. Not as a universal championship contender. Roman Reigns, the most dominant champion we've had in quite some time. 
Bobby Lashley, you know, slowly, steadily creeping up on him. But Roman doing the best work of his career, it's almost unfathomable for anyone to knock Roman off this coming Sunday, even Cesaro in my mind. But what I'm looking for out of this matchup is a, a true acceptance from the WWE universe that, okay, Cesaro, the guy that we've known for a long time but probably haven't paid that much attention to, is a bona fide main eventer. Honestly, I don't foresee Cesaro leaving WrestleMania Backlash as Universal Champion. I don't think he's at that point yet. But after WrestleMania, after a strong showing on SmackDown again, a great match with Seth Rollins, getting this title opportunity, Cesaro will solidify and cement himself as a major main event player in WWE, potentially for years to come. It's almost as uh, odd as Dominic and Rey Mysterio tagging as the father-son duo to say, Cesaro has never received a WWE Universal right. Championship opportunity. Or, or I believe a WWE title match either. I don't think it's ever been a, a major heavyweight championship. That is odd to me for the body of work that he has had in his career. We've had him on the show. You've had him on more than once since right. we've been doing it. We've had him on once. The respect I have, the respect you have, the bond you have, and the respect he has in the locker room makes it even more like, really? He's never had, he's never been on this sort of stage. Not only does he rise to the occasion, he kicks that glass ceiling wide open and blows through expectations. I'm not saying he wins and he walks out, but he proves tonight his body of work, WrestleMania, going into WrestleMania when he took on Seth Rollins. That was the match I was looking forward to outside of Oscar and Rhea Ripley. That night when he won, you could see the genuine smile on his face and oozing through his pores. As much of a moment that was in victory, Sunday at WrestleMania Backlash, because I believe Roman Reigns walks out champion, he will have an equal moment even in a loss, that he will even go higher than he is right now, that he will really put to bed any argument anyone in this company can make about Cesaro. Because between the ropes, he is the best this company has. He will prove it again and will continue to solidify himself more so as a main eventer. That's probably the nicest thing and the biggest compliment I can give somebody. Good. I'm not going to step on it because I don't disagree with it in any way, shape, or form. I cannot wait. I have no doubt Reigns and Cesaro tear the freaking house down this Sunday at WrestleMania Backlash. Certainly some memorable moments on our hands, I believe, by this coming Monday. But while we're talking memorable moments, Vic, we started the conversation last week. We're talking our Mount Rushmore of WWE moments, historical moments, whatever the significance is. This is a completely subjective conversation. Hopefully the, the listeners at home having a little fun picking their own. I know I got a few tweets this week of people suggesting their favorite moments in WWE, not superstars, moments for what shaped the business in your personal opinion. Last week, you kicked things off with a hard one to argue. I don't think anyone, including myself, would argue against it. Hulk Hogan body slamming Andre the Giant at WrestleMania three. I went a little bit more uh, of, a, of a conceptual moment okay. in WrestleMania one because of the significance that it continues to have on our industry to this day. Arguably the biggest risk ever taken in the business that paid off multiple times over now, Vic, I ask you, as we continue this, do you have a second moment to add to your 
Mount Rushmore. Look, I got moments. second moments. I got third moments. I got fourth moments. And, and you I know got what? Before I roll, mention moments. And, and just because I was thinking about this as I as I was landing on the plane today, because I knew we were about to do this show, and I, I thought to myself, man, I would love to say, hey, boom, 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 boom. These are my four. These are the four best, most important moments. I almost feel like that's an impossible task, right? There are your favorite four, my favorite four. Somebody else listening may have four completely different moments that are even better once you hear them because there are so many to choose from. So I'm thinking I'm of the mindset, you give yours, I give mine. And maybe at the end, we, we either let the, the listeners vote or you and I hammer things down and make a, a nice solidified Mount Rushmore of moments because it's too hard, man. I, I don't disagree with anything you've said. I don't disagree with anything you've said. I've seen the tweets as well and a lot of great moments. So when we're done with all this, when we have our four moments or our Mount Rushmore moments, I think it's only right to have the payoff of let's hammer them down. Let's set them in stone. Beautiful. Love it. Love it. So what do you got this week? What do you bring to the table? So you and I have talked about Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yep. And I have a Steve Austin moment that I believe is on my Mount Rushmore of moments, which in a way, in my belief, is the start of what is known as the Attitude Era. And it is the crowning moment for Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's his Austin 316 just whooped your ass promo with, uh, well, Doc Hendricks at King of the Ring. That promo is on my Mount Rushmore of WWE because without that promo, which still lives to this day, I think that is the starting point for the Stone Cold character. That is the starting point that leads to the Stone Cold Stunner on Vince McMahon, and the list goes on. So that is my moment because that, to me, is what really kicked off Stone Cold Steve Austin into what would become the Attitude Era, the Austin 316 promo. I'm going to give you my next addition to Mount Rushmore, and it, too, is a Stone Cold moment. After listening to what you just said, I don't disagree with you, but I would argue that the Austin 316 promo was what lit the fuse to eventually explode into the Attitude Era. And I believe, for the same reason, to me, what really kicked the the Attitude Era into full swing, Stone Cold Steve Austin in the ring with Mike Tyson. Because that, if you go back and and do your research and, and, and talk to anybody in the company, a lot of the guys in the studio, prior to that, that was almost as big of a gamble for WWE as a company as WrestleMania was. Because business was not good. WCW was kicking ass. And the boss needed a Hail Mary. And who landed but Mike Tyson? And you put Mike Tyson, the baddest man, arguably the most controversial man on the planet at that time, with the red-hot Stone Cold Steve Austin. That, to me, got the whole world going, wait a minute, what's happening? Because that turned the tide. So it may not have kicked off the Attitude Era, but I would dare say that the combination of your moment and my moment with the, the Stone Cold Mike Tyson confrontation really were, were the stars aligning to help WWE turn the corner and get back into the Monday Night Wars, which eventually, as we all know, uh, you know, spoiler alert, we won. Yeah, and again, you can catch a lot of those documentaries on Peacock, including – did you ever watch a documentary – the, the the rating the WWE WCW the Monday Night Wars the I thought that Wars. was very well done not, it was not, like to, first... not to go off on a tangent but yeah. I thought it was great it was fantastic I, I thought that was that was one of the best things that WWE Network had done at the time when it first launched it was amazing and there is a actual I think 
at least 25, 30 minutes, maybe a whole episode dedicated to what you just talked about with Mike Tyson and, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. And it's hard to, again, argue anybody's point because they are all relevant. And I remember sitting in that moment going, well, Mike Tyson just I bit a guy's ear off and Mike Tyson's done this. And why is this? And then you see the push and they're going at each other. And then I, how, how long was it for the story build towards that WrestleMania? Cause didn't Mike Tyson join uh degeneration X in a moment. Right. And, and then, then Austin he was outside WrestleMania and, and then Tyson he comes pop, in, Michael's in the mouth. Sean and um, you know, you look back and, and again, that shove, that's shove still talked about. That's still in the annals of all the uh, different openings and things that are seen. So there is no wrong answer. For me, Steve Austin, it's the Austin 316 promo. That's on my Mount Rush. That's my, my second pick to your Austin versus our pushing uh, Iron Mike Tyson. All right. Let me, we have a little bit of time left. You want to jump into a second one or you want to just throw an honorable mention up here? Because I'm going to say, here's what I'm saying. So I, as I'm thinking about these moments and I'm not writing things down, I mean, I, I love as we think as we, sh- as we record, by the yes, way, I, I am a, I, I, I'm an on the fly thinker. I can't, I can't take notes or, or prepare in any capacity. That includes calling Monday night raw or SmackDown. I just okay. have to be in it. have to be in the moment. My brain works in very, very mysterious ways. I don't know that I want to put this on my Mount Rushmore of moments, but I feel like it's an honorable mention and I would love to have it in the conversation because to me, as much as I enjoy an exciting match, I am one of the old school guys that this business to me is about emotion. It's about making you feel things, whether it's excitement or disdain for somebody, or it really pulls your heartstrings. And my, my number four moment, which I'm not, I'll get to next week is based solely on this mentality of, of feeling an organic, real moment. But I was not present for this, but I've watched it many, 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 many times. WrestleMania 7, Macho Man Randy Savage, Ultimate Warrior, career-threatening match. Okay, one of my favorite matches of all time, just because you've got two of my favorite superstars of all time and the backstory and the warrior questioning himself and looking to the gods and all of that just epic Comic book stuff in real life is what really got me as a fan. But at the very end, when Miss Elizabeth and Macho Man reunite, as a grown man, I have talked about this openly, I cannot watch that without getting a lump in my throat. That moment to this day, despite me knowing how it ends step by step, still puts a lump in my throat and a tear in my eye. And that is one of my personal favorite. I wouldn't say it's one of the greatest moments in WWE history. So that's on your, on, that's your honorable that's mention. My, that's my honorable mention for the, for the list, for sure. All the, all the elbow drops off the top, the warrior's face paint off his face, the and reuniting the of Elizabeth and, and, are, and Savage. people who absolutely hate that match. There are people who, I, I want to say it's the Hurricane, uh, tweeted something about it recently uh, about how he couldn't stand it because Macho Man dropped five elbows on Ultimate Warrior. But And, and I get it. it. Everyone watches this business for different reasons. If you like moves and reversals and, and spots and, and cool physical activity. Acrobatics and get right. you. Yeah, that's cool. That's, I'm, not, I'm not crapping on anybody's uh, choice of you know why they, why they love this. To me, it's the emotion. And that was like, that, that was... That was Superman and Lois Lane in real life. Uh, that was that was every story that I had grown up loving. I was seeing it play out before my very young eyes as a, as a I believe a seven year old boy going, "Oh my God, this is great!" And here we are, thirty years later, and I go, "Man, that still gets me." 
feel like I just put like a quarter in one of those rides outside of a gas station and you just started going by just saying, oh, do you really like that match? You went, woo, and took it to a whole oh, new yeah. level. And then you just, yeah. the emotions pouring out. I'll throw an honorable mention at you. It's not on my list of four, but this is looking at a historical aspect of it. John Cena being drafted to Monday Night Raw sticks out to me for some reason. I believe it was in St. Louis, Missouri. He came out with the championship, holding it high, and you were wondering, wait a minute, there's now two champions on Raw? But I think John Cena coming to Raw at that moment um, really solidified Monday Night Raw. I think it was in like 2005 that that happened. Um, Around then, that really was the fresh coat of paint maybe on the WWE at the time because Cena had been on SmackDown. and But coming to Raw, I think, is a moment that some could look back and go, that really is a kickoff point, even more so for John Cena. That's a kickoff point for Raw moving into that next generation of fans would be that moment. That's an honorable mention for me. Beautiful. I love it. And in the interest of continuing this conversation as long as humanly possible, which I fully intend on doing because this is fun. And when Corey Graves gets to have fun on After the Bell, these are the kind of things that happen. (laughs) Uh, You can only see your face with a genuine laugh and smile. I think me starting the show with that coming out of the gate hot thing really set the tone for you personally and your mentality. It very well may have. And that's all the credit I'm going to give you. I got credit. That's all that matters Unfortunately for you, Vic, and everybody listening who happens to be enjoying this discussion, I'm out of coffee. So oh. this is uh, this is the point in the match where I say, uh, "All right, buddy, let's, let's take home. it home." <laughs> uh, so we got you. You got your new edition. I am now running with WrestleMania one and the infamous Stone Cold Steve Austin Mike Tyson confrontation, and you. I have WrestleMania 3's main event of Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, the Hulk Hogan body slam, leg drop, and one, two, three, which I want to put a pin in the conversation for a future date. What happens if Andre beats Hulk Hogan? We will talk about that sometime in an upcoming episode, hopefully, over the summer. And two, it was Stone Cold Steve Austin for me. The Attitude Era began with his Austin 316 promo at King of the Ring. Love it. Absolutely Ooh. love it. And I'm loving all of the listeners sending in their suggestions. Use the hashtag after the bell. Give us your Mount Rushmore moments in WWE history. While you're at it, keep filling up the ATB mailbag. Use the hashtag AskATB, A-S-K-A-T-B, six letters, one goal. We will be answering your questions very, very soon on an upcoming episode of ATB. But for now, you can follow at after the bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. You can find him at Vic Joseph WWE. If you're using Apple Podcasts, please subscribe to the greatest sports entertainment podcast on God's green earth. Throw us five stars and help spread the word. If you're using Android, ATBs on Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts, so you never have an excuse to miss an episode. Keep up with all of your favorite shows in the WWE Podcast Network at WWE Podcasts on all your favorite social media platforms. We'll be back next week with the number three picks for our Mount Rushmore of WWE moments. Of course, a little bit more wisdom, a little more vitriol, and a lot more WWE after the bell.